You're listening to the Brighter Finances Podcast, the podcast designed to bring the brighter days of life to life through financial education and comprehensive case studies. Hello, and welcome to the Brighter Finances Podcast, the show that brings educational content to help small business owners and content creators bring the brighter days of life to life. This is your host, Louis Guajardo, the founder and lead financial planner at Brighter Days Planning. Today, we will discuss all things cash flow. We're going to go through some struggles and shortfalls of budgeting, the importance of adding a cash flow plan to your budget, what is cash flow, why more money won't solve your issues, and lastly, we'll go through best practices for tracking a budget and cash flows. Be sure to stay tuned to the end of the episode as we'll explain how you can download our free budget and net worth tracker. I'd like to start this podcast with a quote from Robert Kiyosaki. Making more money will not solve your problems if cash flow is your problem. This is an impactful statement because it is the essence of many people's dilemma. We'll dive into this quote a little bit later, but I think it's important to begin with so that you can sit with it as we go through this cash flow planning and budgeting podcast. Before we get into that section, let me give you a brief history of my struggles with tracking my spending. It seems like budgeting or cash flow planning has received such a bad rep because it's not very fun, it's not insightful if it's done improperly, and ultimately it makes us feel as though each overspend is a shame that we've caused ourselves. My introduction was more on the budgeting side and not really focused on cash flow planning. We'll get into the differences soon. I tried using apps like Mint Mobile, but the clunky categorization wasn't working for me. So I quickly switched to an Excel sheet that I found through a Google search. On this tracker, there were literally sections that told you whether or not you overspent, and they were color-coded, green and red. It seemed like such a great idea, but it began a toxic habit for me. I would track my spending usually towards the end of each month, but as the month came to a close and I saw myself start to push towards the red, I would immediately start responding to every ask with the answer no. So for example, my partner would ask if we could go get a coffee. My answer was no. My family would ask if I wanted to go out to the movies. My answer was no. I would forget to pack lunch uh, and take it to work, and I would just simply not eat. I know that I'm an extremist, so take this with a grain of salt, but nonetheless, it may subconsciously be an unhealthy way to track your budget for you as well. When you first start tracking your spending, it's important to look at this as an activity that allows for improvement and adjustments, not a task to see how bad or how good you've done in any particular month. It's good to know if you've met your savings goal so long as you understand that when you haven't, it's not a sign of failure, but rather a sign that adjustments need to be made moving forward. So with that lesson out of the way, I started looking for a new tool to use. I stumbled across a platform called Copilot, um, which is still one of my favorites. I'll dive a little bit deeper into Copilot later, but for now, let's just say the categorization once again became too cumbersome for me. For the past year or so, I've been using this new tool called the Budget and Net Worth Tracker. I customized this specifically to help track my net worth as well because I felt like a cash flow plan should ultimately be reflected on the net worth statement at year end. I enjoy this tracker so much more now specifically because it's beautiful, which is extremely important to me. I'm a a very aesthetic person, but it also is highly customizable to your own situation. I'll go a little bit more deep into this tracker as well later on in the episode. I also like that it allows you to track expenses as they come up. I personally enjoy the feeling of going line by line in my account statement and pulling the data over instead of having it automatically transferred for me. In my opinion, it just feels better and allows for more control. 
sometimes I pay for things, but receive a Venmo back from someone. So it wouldn't make sense to have these as separate line items in the tracker, but most software will input two separate lines for these movements. This has been my experience so far, but now that I'm using the Brighter Days Planning, Budget, and Net Worth Tracker, the process has been much more enjoyable and insightful. One of the best things about it is that it's not just a budget, but it's also a cash flow plan. With that said, I know in the beginning of the section, I said that we would go over cash flow planning versus budgeting, so let's go ahead and get into that now. Remember earlier when I said that budgeting had a bad rep? Maybe it doesn't to you, but in the financial planning world, we refer to it as the B word. It's like a bad word in this industry, but I don't, I don't mind saying it. In fact, I encourage it, and it's the whole reason that this episode exists. Budgeting often comes with bad connotations, and sometimes clients may think that we're trying to control how they spend their money. Um, this is the issue that I had with budgeting when I first started my journey, and it's the reason why many people don't stick to the task. Anyways, in my view, cash flow can sometimes be seen as an add-on to a budget, but simply put, it's just your income minus your expenses. In my time in this industry, I found budgets to be extremely simple and nothing more than a forecast as compared to a plan. It usually starts by stating how much you'll spend on groceries, transportation, or health costs each month, when in reality, only fixed expenses can really be estimated with any real clarity. We can still estimate how much we spend in each category, but it's best to use this number as an average over the course of multiple months rather than a fixed dollar amount that we must stay under. Remember, you haven't failed if you go over your budget. It's important to remind yourself of this because constant failure will lead to disappointment and eventually turn what was supposed to be a healthy habit into a toxic habit, leading us to fall out of the habit altogether. On the other hand, consistency and flexibility will lead you to feeling confident that you are in control of your spending. These two aspects of budgeting and cash flow planning are the most valuable. Let me now show you why a cash flow plan allows for this and how it can benefit us more than a typical budget. A cash flow analysis puts a plan in place for every dollar that's expected to enter or leave your account. I'll demonstrate a quick example of how this might look. If I was tracking my personal budget, I may look at May and see that I overspent by $100 on coffee, and yes, this happens on occasion. While a budget would likely end here with the statement, I'm over my budget for this month, and we've all heard it before. Incorporating a cash flow plan might go a little bit deeper by adding, I'm over my budget for this month because I spent an additional $100 on coffee. This means I will only be able to contribute $400 to my Roth IRA for May. Budgeting is a lot like a coach that tells you what you should or shouldn't do, but a cash flow plan is much more like an accountability partner that makes you rectify, in this case, your overspending. You might even expand your cash flow plan to incorporate priorities. This might sound like, I'm over my budget for this month because I spent an additional $100 on coffee. This means I will only be able to contribute $400 to my Roth IRA for the month of May. But since I know contributions to my Roth IRA are more important than getting a coffee five times a week, I will decrease my spending on coffee next month so that I can contribute $600 to my Roth IRA and catch up for the month that I missed. With this simple example, we can see how the flexibility really takes a role in our cash flow plan. This whole concept may seem extreme to some, but for many it can be liberating like it was for me. A budget can also be liberating, and that's why we incorporated both aspects into our personal budget and net worth tracker. We encourage you all to download our dashboard, which we will detail how to access later, or try starting with an app that tracks your expenses and savings. We'll go over a couple of our favorites later. It's important to start doing this because understanding where your money comes from and goes is very freeing and allows you to be extremely intentional with how you spend your hard-earned dollars. 
I want to now move to the quote that we started this podcast with. Making more money will not solve your problems if cash flow is your problem. So what is meant by this? Well, to put it simply, if a person makes more money, they will spend more money. This is a phenomenon called lifestyle creep and it happens to us so easily and so slowly that it's hard to notice unless you have a person to hold you accountable. Let's take a look at a really quick example. Out of college, Brian, which is a pseudo name for a pseudo person, lands a job making $60,000 a year. He doubled his salary. Brian begins going to work in the same beat up 2008 Toyota Corolla that he drove all throughout college. He sees his coworkers, his friends, his family, and most people around him driving a new Tacoma, Tesla, any new car in general. Brian thinks to himself, I deserve a new car too, which he obviously does. He buys a 2023 Toyota Camry with a $500 monthly payment. Right there, he almost instantly 500X'd his monthly payment, which I know is extreme, but hey, let's play with it. Some weeks go by before he decides it's time to move in with his partner. They find a nice one-bed, one-bathroom apartment in the city for $2,500 a month. They split the rent evenly, $1,250 each. Brian went from making $30,000 a year having few liabilities to making $60,000 a year having a monthly liability of $1,750. Brian and his partner probably decorate their first apartment to a T. He maybe buys a new set of golf clubs. Maybe they get a dog, a new TV, king-size bed, probably a lot of other expenses as well. Brian has effectively gone from $30,000 a year to $30,000 a year and a new lifestyle. This can be an ever-evolving sinking hole unless Brian takes control of his financial life with a cash flow analysis. Let's clarify something really quickly. In my business, I often encourage people to spend their money. That's the whole reason we make it, right? It's so that we can enjoy it. By no means am I saying that you shouldn't spend your money, but you should first understand where you value spending and where you value saving. So what should Brian do? It would have been so much better for him to understand his spending habits, especially after receiving such a large pay increase. There's a lot, and I mean a lot, to get into that goes deeper than a simple cash flow plan, such as money goals and life goals. But simply put, he should understand where he spends his money and why he spends his money the way he does. This will allow ultimate control over the decisions he makes as his life expands. Let's say he did track his cash flow. Perhaps Brian is or isn't already saving for a new home, retirement, or a vacation. It might be the case that Brian has ultimately taken away these opportunities for himself by purchasing a new car and getting a luxury apartment over the modest apartment. The truth is we wouldn't know just like Brian doesn't know until he begins to track where his money is going. So let's help Brian with that right now. Let's rewind to day one on the job. He just started making $60,000 a year. Let's assume Brian is concerned with not being able to fund his child's education and not being able to retire. When we analyze his spending habits, we realize he values spending money on experiences to the tune of $500 a month and taking an annual vacation, which totals about $5,000 a year. We'll keep numbers easy and say his retirement goal requires an annual saving of $11,000, which would be $917 a month. For anybody that's curious, this is just assuming he needs $1 million with a 3% inflation rate and 7% rate of return over the course of 40 years. I'm not going to bore you with the assumptions for the child's education, but we're going to assume an additional $140 in savings each month. After taxes, we would have approximately $53,048. This is assuming that he takes the standard deduction for 2023. 
$4,421 a month in salary comes down to $2,447 after saving for Brian's top goals and priorities. The $1,750 for the rent and the car would then leave only $697, which clearly would not be enough to live on considering the cost of insurance, groceries, utilities, and other expenses. It then becomes Brian's decision on which route he prefers to take, but perhaps buying a slightly older car and a more modest apartment would be ideal as it could potentially allow him to still meet all of his goals and live the life he desires. At the end of the day, this is all about control. Understanding your cash flow allows you control over your finances and ultimately control over your life. So I think I've convinced you to download the budget and net worth tracker, or maybe I have it. I'm not really sure how convincing I am at all, to be honest, but I know I've spoken a lot about it already. So nonetheless, I'll give you a quick rundown of what a good cash flow plan and budget entails. I'll go over the dashboard and how to use it, and then we'll go over some alternatives that you may find suitable to your style. So first, the essentials. What is needed in a good cash flow plan and budget? Probably one of the most important aspects of a cash flow plan would be tracking of inflows and outflows. On the personal side, we would want to track income, bonuses, dividends, interest, or however else cash flows into your bank. For outflows, that's somewhat on the budget side. Things like groceries, rent, utilities, in my case, coffee, and lots of it. But it would also track outflows such as large tax implications, major purchases upcoming, and other not-so-common outflows. A good plan would also track savings. You may plan on saving $1,000 each month into your SEP IRA, but beyond planning for it, it's important to track those funds to ensure they're being deposited in accordance with your plan. On the budgeting side, you would want to ensure the sheet has a place for you to track the type of expense. Um, the type of savings, and the type of income, as well as categories for each expense, saving, and income, such as leisure, activities, housing costs, groceries. On the income side, it would be net income, uh, dividends, interest, things like that. I personally like having a description box where I can remind myself what the expense was for. This helps me because sometimes you may purchase groceries at Target, but if all you saw was a purchase at Target, you would likely assume that it's either beauty or household goods. You'll also want flexibility in these categories. Not everyone buys as much coffee as I do, so having a separate expense category for coffee like I have in my expense sheet may not be needed for you. It's important to be able to customize these categories for other reasons as well. This is one of the reasons why I always had difficulties using apps like Rocket Money, Quicken, or Mint. I'm sure there's been a lot of changes to these apps that may make them more customizable. My favorite that I've ever used was called Copilot. So if you're not comfortable using an Excel sheet to track this, then perhaps you'd want to check out that app. A couple of downsides are that it costs $95 a year, and I found it to be somewhat confusing when it would automatically import my transactions from my bank account. Sometimes my income would show up as an expense or sometimes Target would show up under the transportation category. You can choose which category it would automatically go into, but that's why I prefer to have an area where I can add a description. Like I said before, not all of my target trips are for household goods. Overall, using these apps just became confusing for myself. But for someone who doesn't want much maintenance, they could choose this option as it provides, at the minimum, very good estimates of your spending and income. We now get into the personal budget and net worth tracker and how to use it. Firstly, I want to preface by saying we highly encourage you to download that Excel sheet. It's free to download and you can get it by going to browderdaysplanning.com. 
navigating over to the home page and scrolling down about a third of the way down the website. It's going to ask for your first name and last name as well as an email address. And then you're going to get a couple of other emails explaining how to use it more in depth um, and then some other emails that follow along with that. However, the first email that you get is going to have that tracker in it. We suggest starting here since it's free and easy to access. Test it out, see how you like it. Perhaps it won't fit your preferences, but you can always try a budgeting app afterwards. Now, how does the tracker work and what does it do? Well, we have a full breakdown explaining exactly how to use the tracker on our YouTube page. We'll link that in the show notes. Let's go over briefly how to use it and what it's good for. There are seven tabs, three of which focus on your budget and two of which focus on your net worth. We won't go over the net worth tracking here, but we'll say to make it easy and only track it annually, usually in January of, of the new year as you get your year-end statements. As for the budgeting tabs, we have a dashboard, a planner, and a tracker. The planner will be used to plan out your cash flows for the entire year. Our recommendation is to average out three to six months of fairly stable flows and start using that as your planned monthly expense in each chosen category. You can make the adjustments to it in the future as you learn about your cash flows. Don't forget to factor in additional funds for any vacations in the months you'll travel, major holidays, and birthdays or anniversaries. The tracker sheet will be used to track all savings, inflows, and outflows. Everything will then translate to the dashboard, which displays your savings rate, your income year-to-date or monthly, and all expenses year-to-date or monthly. I now want to move over to some metrics and ways you can ensure that you're doing a great job with your plan. Let's start by introducing the 50-30-20 method. Keep in mind this is not a recommendation, but it is a framework that many advisors recommend their clients to follow. 50 stands for the essential spending. These are things such as housing, utilities, groceries, and transportations, the must-haves. 30% stands for your lifestyle expenses. These are the fun-to-haves, such as snowboarding, eating out, and even a Disneyland trip here and there. The 20% will represent savings, and I know this sounds like a lot, but It is a holistic representation of your savings and includes things like your 401k contributions, emergency fund savings, and even your employer's matching contribution to any retirement accounts. We included a savings rate in our Excel sheet for you to track as well. One of the last things we want to cover when it comes to budgeting and cash flow is what are some of the best habits to follow. Firstly, do this monthly or at very least quarterly. You'll find that this can be somewhat time consuming and perhaps a bit tedious. That's why it's best to do it on a monthly basis so your cash flows don't build up, making it more time-consuming process. Another argument in the side of monthly is sometimes you might forget about certain expenses, whether they were split between people or if you were paid back for them. Our best practice for tracking purposes is to track on a monthly basis, schedule in one hour at the end of each month to input your expenses and income. After all expenses and income are accounted for, you can see what's left over for savings and allocate it accordingly. When you first start, it'll probably be best to save whatever your goal is at the beginning of the month and ensure your spending doesn't exceed your income for the rest of the month. For example, if you get paid $10,000 a month, let's take 20% of that immediately and set it aside for savings. Maybe 500 of that goes to an IRA, $500 goes to a brokerage account to be invested, $500 goes into the vacation fund, and then the remaining $500 goes towards rebuilding your emergency fund. Now you know you have $8,000 remaining to spend the rest of the month. You should have very sound averages for your essentials. For example, housing should always be close to the same. Then groceries and transportation should be fairly close to the estimates that you got earlier. This means you can automatically allocate, let's say, $5,000 towards your must-haves. 
Now, all you really need to track mentally would be your lifestyle expenses. So you know you have $3,000 to go on dinner dates, to spend on sporting events, or for trips to the local museum. At the end of the month, input all these expenses, savings, and income to ensure you stayed on track and make the appropriate adjustments as needed. We also encourage people to compare between months and see how their spending changed between the different months. Additionally, at the end of the year, set aside an additional hour to plan how you envision the next year of cash flows. This will set you up for a great year of control in your life. Let's wrap up this episode with a brief summary of what we discussed. Budgeting shouldn't be frowned upon. We should embrace the activity and remember that it is a way for us to regain control of our lives. Cash flow is an important aspect of this because it allows us to track every single dollar that enters and leaves our bank accounts. It also ensures we follow up on our commitments to save more or spend less. Whether you decide to use an app that tracks your cash flow or our budget and net worth tracker, we encourage everyone to start analyzing how your money flows in and out of your account. If you want to get started for free, go to brighterdaysplanning.com and scroll down until you see the budget and net worth tracker. Type in your first name, last name, and email address, and you'll be on your way to Brighter Days. Remember, more money won't fix your problem, but tracking your cash flow just might. As always, cheers to Brighter Days. Thank you for listening to the Brighter Finances podcast. If you'd like access to some of our free resources or would like to see how we may be able to bring you Brighter Days, then go to brighterdaysplanning.com and click Get Started, where you can schedule a one-on-one meeting with myself. We'd love to learn about your life and see how we can be of service. Lastly, please remember nothing that we discuss through this podcast should be considered advice. You should always consult with a financial, tax, or legal professional so they can become familiar with your unique circumstances before making any financial decisions.